Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor, as well as the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News in lovely Denver, Colorado, Jason Luber. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can always contact me on any of the contact links in the description of this fine, fine program. Did you know that your car knows a lot more about you than you ever thought possible. And according to Mozilla's Privacy Not Included Buyer's Guide, cars are the worst product category they have ever reviewed for privacy. (laughs) Well, that didn't sound good. And I wanted to know what aspects of cars use our information. And I want to know what automakers are maybe the worst offenders. So I invited one of the authors of the study to be here on the show, Jen Kaltrider, is the creator and the lead for Mozilla's Privacy Not Included team. Jen, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, And I'll have, of course, the link uh, to this study in the description of the show. And before we get into the specific problems with cars and privacy, and and we just talked about this uh, just a minute ago, uh, I know that you're no stranger to Colorado. Oh, yeah. I lived in Colorado for, oh, gosh, over 20 years. I moved away last year. It just got a little too crowded, but I love Colorado. Big yeah, fan. It did, yeah, a little bit too crowded. Explain, if you will, first what Mozilla's Privacy Buyer's Guide is before we really get into the nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah, well, there's plenty of places out there that review products for reliability and features and things right like that. But we decided at Mozilla back in 2017 There needs to be one that reviews things for privacy and security because more and more of our apps and products are connected. So we started that then and we've been doing it ever since. We've reviewed hundreds of apps and devices to help consumers know, hey, what's spying on you? What's not? What product? What smartwatch might be a little more private um, than another? So you can shop smart when you go out to buy connected things. And we can see it at Mozilla.com? PrivacyNotIncluded.org is the best way to get there. Perfect. Uh, I, I'm sure your background in journalism, though, and your and your background in storytelling really helps immensely with all your pursuits. Yeah, I mean, I sit around and read privacy policies all day, and <laughs> those things are, are horrible. Yeah. Um, but it's my job to try and make something digestible for average people, you know, us everyday folks, um, to try and make that accessible to them of what's going to happen. Are these companies good? Are these companies bad? I, I try and make it a little snarky, a little funny. Um, so you're not just trying to reread a privacy policy that's dry and boring as heck. Yeah, it's a lot like with with me reading through the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. Oh, it is. It is totally awful, and it's all government speak, and it's and it's really horrible. Uh, when, yeah. <laughs> when you look at any kind of technology, whether it is a phone or a uh, a watch, as you said, or, or a car, do you have a baseline for what should be private and what shouldn't? Yeah, absolutely. We have a set of criteria that we look at every product for. And it's, you know, it's things like, um, how does it use your data? Is it going to collect more data than on you than it needs to to give you the service? Is it going to sell that data? Is it going to buy data from data brokers and combine that with what they collect on you and create a big profile so they can make inferences about your intelligence or your abilities? Um, Do you have control over your data? Can you delete it uh, if you want it deleted? You don't want the company to have it anymore. What's the company's known track record? Um, Are they good? Do they have a good track record of protecting your data and securing it and respecting you? Or are they bad at that? (laughs) There's a number of companies that are pretty bad at that. 
And then just some security things like do they use encryption and require a strong password and things like that. So, yeah, we, we look at a lot of things um, when we do our research. And when you decided to look at vehicles specifically, uh, when you were looking for tests for privacy, did you attack this at uh, a car level, a specific car? Were you looking at specific cars or car makers or both? Yeah, so we looked at 25 car brands across 15 car companies. So you have a car company like um, Toyota that also makes Lexus. Uh, you might not know that they all use the same privacy policy. Toyota has a privacy policy that works across Toyota and across Lexus. So we looked at it like that. Um, and and privacy policies are usually by company and less by an individual device. And so we looked at the company's privacy policies, the app privacy policies, the connected service privacy policies, and how they apply, applied pretty much to all the car brands that they covered. So how specifically are these cars collecting our data? Do how are they doing it? Is it is it with the cameras and the sensors and the and the seat warmers? I mean, what 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 exactly uh, are they collecting? Yeah, exactly. Well, there's there's a number of ways that cars can collect our data. I mean, from the moment you uh, go to a car dealership and hand over your driver's license to go for a test drive, they're collecting your information, and and then you you buy the car. Um, a lot of times now when you buy a car, the car dealership's going to really pressure you to download the app that controls the car. And these apps that control the car are useful. You can remote start, stop, it's good and cold weather, um, things like that. But um, the apps are collecting your data. The cars with their, like you said, the sensors, the microphones inside, the cameras inside, the cameras outside. And then there's all the connected services that work um, in the cars now. So if you have a car that has OnStar, um, that's another connected service that's going to collect a lot of information on you from the car. Sirius XM is another example of that. Even, and so even if we not, even if we're not using it at that point. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, like with OnStar, you know, we came across a story that that GM was requiring, basically requiring people to purchase OnStar, the OnStar service, even if they didn't want to use it. Um, it was, you know, one of those like, uh, you know, on the sticker, it was on the sticker, it was $1,500. And you're like, well, what if I don't want it? And they're like, well, yeah, you still have to get it, even if you don't want to use it. So these car companies are really kind of pushing us into um, using some of these connected services that that you might not want to. Um, or yes, you can opt out and, and you'll probably be a little bit better if you, you know, don't use Sirius XM. It's, you know, and don't like sign up for it, then it's going to collect data. But that doesn't mean your car is not going to collect data on you. It is going to collect data on you. And now our cars are connected. There's no such thing as a smart car now. Every car is a connected car that comes off the lot. So um, they're, they're sharing a lot of data, whether you try and shut it down or not. So if I'm jamming out to the Christmas music that's playing on my local radio station and mm -hmm. uh and I so I I and, and my wife's car she has the Sirius XM there it's not hooked up but can she still have some of that data collected by Sirius XM even though it's not even set up as a service? Uh, that's a good question and I don't know that I can answer that. If if she's not logged in and not set up as a service then Sirius XM is likely not collecting data. Um, but the moment she does sign up and log in, then it opens up SiriusXM to collect a lot of data. Yes. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. So how does the car then, does the car send this information as it's collecting it as we're driving to these companies? It's interesting how the data is collected and shared. And, and I, I will say up front that I spent more time reviewing privacy policies and documentation and things like that than looking at the technical back end. 
But like I said, our cars all are smart these days. Anything that's coming off the lot now is going to be connected and is going to have a way to share data out, whether it's cellular, um, whether when you take it to the dealer, you know, when they connect um, and get stuff off a of USB, whether you drive past a Wi-Fi hotspot and it connects, there's ways that our cars are just going to constantly be pushing data out into the world that we can't exactly always see and might not be aware of. So does the car send so when it's sending out this information, as, as you as you said, are, are the are the companies then just collecting it instantly and then using it instantly, or are they trying to aggregate not just my data but also yours and and the my neighbor down the street and the guy I work with? Are they trying to do it as a collective thing and, and trying to figure out patterns, or are they just looking at me specifically? Probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, they're going to collect data on you specifically. And, you know, Nissan is a great example. If, if somebody wants to read a crazy privacy policy, go read Nissan's <laughs> privacy policy. Um, because they just lay out pretty honestly and openly all the data that they can collect on you as an individual. And it will be things that I identify you, your email address, your name, your address, things like that. And then they'll also go on to say that they can collect a whole bunch of other information like you know, a bunch of information about your car and a bunch of information about sensitive personal things like your sex life yeah. and on and on and on. And so they collect that all that information on you as a person and then they build a profile on you um, and they make inferences about you from that profile. And then they also do take all the data that they gather and create kind of these aggregate information um, data that, that they can share or sell um, with with companies that want to know, uh, oh, in this zip code, how are, you know, these car owners, what are their behaviors? So it's a little bit of both. And, and so when that company has my data like that, what what are they doing with it? Why would somebody want to specifically know what I'm doing while I'm driving and what I'm listening to or what the car is seeing as we're driving down the road? Oh, well, <laughs> doesn't it always come back to money? <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to money. I mean, um, you know, car companies kind of realized that they could make cars with 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 sensors and microphones and cameras, and that was data. And and in our world right now, data is money. Um, and they use uh, we use data in our world right now to do a lot of targeted advertising. Um, you know, to to try and sell us more stuff to get us sucked into um apps and services and keep us there. Um, and so at, at the end of the day, it's it's really about to make money. I mean, car companies, and and this is true. It's they they do say that you know some of this data is collected to make cars safer, and that is true. But I uh, we think that the amount of data collection and sharing and selling that car companies do goes way beyond just making the cars safer. My guest is Jen Coltrider. She's a creator and lead for Mozilla's Privacy Not Included team. We're talking about your car and. Yeah, that it is the worst product for data privacy, and I'll have the link to that article in the description of the show. Can I opt out of any of this? Can I keep my data private? Can is there is there a way for me to do that to stop them from collecting this data? Unfortunately, other than buying a really old car and keeping it up and maintaining it that doesn't have anything connected in it, it's going to be really hard in this day and age to opt out. Um, because your car is collecting data, the app's collecting data, the connected service is collecting data. And, you know, cars aren't exactly like where the settings are pretty obvious and you can opt out and be sure you're opting out. A lot of the 
kind of data collection and sharing on cars happens in ways that we might not notice or, or we might not even know that we opted in. I mean, you know, most people don't read a privacy policy before they buy a car. And then once you bought a car, you, you've got it. You don't just like sell it if you find out it's a privacy nightmare. So that's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is of the 25 car brands that we reviewed, every single one of them earned our privacy not included warning label because they're bad at privacy and security. Um, so consumers don't really have any good options. We can't tell them, oh, go use this car, buy this car over that car because it's better. Um, they all were pretty bad. And so what I've been telling people when they ask me, well, gosh, what can I do is I'm like, I think it's time to get mad. Um, we don't have a federal, a strong consumer federal privacy law in the U.S. Um, and we need one um, to protect us from just this sort of thing happening. Yeah, it seems like people don't understand, too, when they ask me how I can collect a lot of uh, traffic data is that when you open up your phone, whether it's an Apple phone or an or a Samsung, anything like that. You want to use the Google map, and when you say, yes, I, I want to use your Google map, you're giving them the ability to track you at any point. And then that information goes to me, because then now I know where you are and how you're not that it's you, but I know that there's somebody driving down this one road, and they're moving at regular speeds, or if they're stopped behind a crash. Yeah. And that is a useful information for data a lot. A lot of the times, and there are useful information use, there are useful uses for a lot of this data. The problem becomes when they collect way too much of it, it's linked to us. They have bad track, track records at securing it and they're selling it to make a lot of money. Um, and so that's where it's gotten a little out of control. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, let's look at some of these brands that you went through, the 25 different brands. I is there a worst overall car brand? <laughs> well, worst is relative when it came to this. They were all pretty bad. I mean, there were some pretty shocking things that we saw. Um, both Kia and Nissan's privacy policies mentioned that they could collect information about your sex life or your sexual activity. Which how is very. They, how do they know that? How can they find that out? <laughs> Unless you're making making out in the car and they have a camera on you. It, it's a very good. They don't tell you how they're collecting it. That's they creepy. Just say, <laughs> they they just say that you can collect it, and they require you to consent to their privacy policy so they can collect it. And in Nissan's case, even use it potentially for direct marketing purposes, which I find is funny. Um, and so you know that was a little eye opening. We saw a lot of other things that you know raised our eyebrows. I think it was four or five companies mentioned they can collect um, your genetic information, um, biometric information, olfactory information, which, you know, I don't even know how we're there yet. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are selling it. Um, a ton of them, um, way too many of them um, from Toyota and Volkswagen on down had track records that weren't great at protecting all this data that they get. Um, you know, Tesla is an easy one to talk about because they're kind of on everybody's radar anyways, and people have an opinion. Um, you know, Tesla was interesting because, um, you know, they, they say things like, hey, you probably bought a Tesla because you like um, the fact that we're connected. But if you want to opt out of data sharing, you can. Here's how. And then at the end of that same paragraph in their privacy policy, they say, oh, by the way, if you do that, your car might not work or it might become inoperable. And you're like, well, that's not a choice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. not how choice works. So, you know, it's hard to pick one that's the worst, but there were just a, so many things we saw that were just bad practices across the board. And, and I would think Tesla, which is the worst on your list as I'm looking at it here on the website, it, it, part of that would be their feature to do their uh, auto driving system where they have to be super connected 
and they have to collect a lot of information about how the car is operating. Probably also, they're supposed to, you're supposed to be watching the road at the same time. So they're watching you, the car is, while you're watching the road or supposed to be watching the road. But we, we've seen those stories about how people are falling asleep uh, while they're dri- driving an autopilot uh, with their Tesla. So they're collecting data of me and me as I'm driving the car. The, the, they're collecting so much data and they do have cameras in the car. Um, and there are plenty of stories out there that talk about, you know, the news came out, I think it was last year, where Tesla employees were looking um, looking at that data, looking at our private data from our cars and seeing things like people in their cars or people in yeah. their garages and things like that when they shouldn't be, when their privacy policy said that that wasn't going to happen. And so, you know, it's one of those things where companies say a lot of nice things in privacy policies and then get caught not doing a lot of those things. Um, and so, you know, is Tesla a company you want to trust with cameras on you and microphones on you everywhere all the time? Um, I think they've proven that they're not the most trustworthy company. So that's a good question to ask. Yeah, because as I'm looking at the different car brands here on the site that you Ding them, uh, most of them, for data use, data control, track record, and security. And most of the cars in here are all with X marks across the board with all these car makers. Uh, it's it's really astounding that you have maybe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that don't have all those check marks. Yeah, yeah, and... It is astounding. And this is why we started the research. You know, we never know what we're going to see when we start the research. We were curious. And then we we got into it and we're like, holy cow, this is really bad. And we were like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, like, how is this flying under the radar? Like cars are like so personal to us. They're like an, an extension of our homes, right? Like right. we have confidential conversations in them and you know we drive too fast and sing too loud and make calls and all of this and the fact that car companies were kind of flying under the radar with just huge levels of data collection and huge problems with privacy and security and nobody was talking about it and we were kind of floored and so you know we put our research out and fortunately people were were paid attention i mean i'm grateful you're talking about it because yeah, it, it is shocking. It is surprising. And they're getting away with it because, you know, they, they could. It, it, w- w- and let's look now because we were looking at some of the worst ones. So what are some of the better ones for privacy? <laughs> oh, gosh, it's hard to say. Um, I, the best one, as far as we could tell, um, is the Renault. Um, and, and the reason it's the best one, as far as we could tell, it's not actually sold in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Nobody's driving um, one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a French car maker. Yeah. It's sold a lot in, in, in the EU. EU has stronger privacy laws than we do in the United States. They have something called GDPR, which is a stronger privacy law. And so Renault, while not great, is maybe the best because they do, um, have to fall under GDPR privacy laws. And so, but they're not sold in the U.S., <laughs> so that doesn't do us a lot of good here in the States. And then with the American brands, I mean, the, the best one is, I guess, Subaru. Subaru, and then you have the Daimler, well, I guess they're not Daimler Chrysler anymore, they're um, Stellantis, but you have uh, Chrysler and Dodge and Jeep and and those cars. Yeah, and 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 when you say best, they're still not really yeah. good. I mean, one of the funny things we learned when we read Subaru's privacy policy was um, basically the moment you get into a Subaru, whether you're the driver, the passenger, an owner, Subaru considers you to be a user of a Subaru and their connected services and thus says that you've 
agreed to their privacy policy. And so by simply getting in a Subaru, according to Subaru's privacy policy, as we could um, decipher it, you've consented to their privacy policy and all their data collection. And, and, and a lot of the privacy policies that we read go on to say, hey, driver or owner of your car, it's your job whenever anybody gets in your connected car um, to let them know of these privacy policies that we have. And we just laughed at that because who picks up their buddy to go to a movie and says, oh, before we can leave, I got to read you this privacy policy. <laughs> right. So anything you say in here could be, you know, used by Subaru to market to you. Exactly. And it, it, it are there different, are, are there world brand differences? So the American brands compared to the Japanese or European brands, as you mentioned, the European laws uh, are tighter than here in the United States. But what about the, the automakers there in uh, Korea or Japan? Well, we, we looked at Toyota, we looked at um, Kia, we looked at Hyundai. Again, um, you know, they have different privacy policies uh, by country. Um, but privacy policies aren't all made the same. So if you read a, a privacy policy for the EU, you're not going to learn as much as you if you read a privacy policy for um, the United States, uh, especially if you read a California privacy policy. Here's a hot tip for people <laughs> that care about privacy. Um, if you go to read a privacy policy, just skip to the California CCPA privacy section because it has to give you a lot more information than anywhere else in the privacy law. And that's where they lay out like in detail what they're collecting and how they're using it. Um, and if they're selling it. And so it, you know, we didn't review every country's privacy policy. We looked mostly at North America and EU. Um, but based on what we learned from, you know, the Toyotas and the the Hyundai's, the Kia's, places like that, you know, their the, their practices here in the US are still abysmal. My guest is Jen Coltrider. She's the creator and the lead for Mozilla's privacy not included team. Talking about your car, is it the worst privacy uh, product in the history of products uh, for data <laughs> privacy? Uh, and you can read the uh, you can read all about it in the description there in the show. I have a link right to it. There are new car makers like Rivian. Are, are they having the same kind of privacy issues that the current companies have? Well, I haven't reviewed Rivian's privacy, so I can't speak to them. Um, but what I can speak to is kind of the industry standard around this. And one of the things we learned in doing um, our research is the car companies don't really want to talk to us about this. We reached out to all of them multiple times. Um, for the most part, they didn't get back to us. Um, you know, Mercedes-Benz answered a couple of our questions. Um, a couple of other companies basically told us to go pound sand yeah. when we tried to ask them questions. Um, but there is a car makers industry group that has a set of privacy principles that sound good on paper. Um, unfortunately, the car makers weren't following any of them as they'd like kind of laid them out. Things like you know, data minimization, only collecting the data that they need. Um, and so you know, data choice, you know, giving people clear choices to opt out. And so, you know, it's interesting that the industry group that a lot of these car companies, I think when journalists reached out to them, kind of point was were pointed to, says that they're doing all these things that are good. Um, but according to their own privacy policies, it doesn't seem like they actually are. And you mentioned this earlier when I asked you about well, what can we really do about this? And you mentioned like I would have to go out, go out and get my first car, my 1975 Plymouth Fury uh, that still has the crank windows, you know, the whole thing that's not connected to anything, nor would you want it being connected to anything but you have a uh, petition on this page here saying that maybe that is the way to do something it is it seems like that's not enough though 
you know, it doesn't hurt to sign the petition. It helps us know it. It helps us show that the car companies that, hey, people care about this. Um, but I think the really big thing that that we're going to start pushing for here at Mozilla and we hope other people will join us is a strong consumer federal privacy law, because that's what we need. And I will also say that since our research came out, we've heard from um staffers, elected officials, representatives in both the House and the Senate um, going, oh, your research, <laughs> that was eye-opening. We'd like to talk to you more about what can be done. Um, and so hopefully you'll start seeing some of these car makers um, being asked questions to on official on an official level. They didn't respond to our questions, but you know, maybe Congress can get them to answer some of the questions and, and find out more. Um, and so that's a good first step. But we do need a strong federal privacy law. And is this probably the fir- good first step to then creating or at least trying to get some legislation written at least? Would you uh, help if you were contacted uh, by a legislator to uh, start crafting some legislation? And, and how would that look? Yeah, well, I'm not a policy person. <laughs> I'll say that up front. But I would absolutely help. I mean, um, you know, I-, I can tell you what we'd like to see from a policy perspective, kind of vaguely, because I, I again, I'm not a policy person, but we'd love to see things like, you know, choice being like, hey, you know, when you buy your car, you're opted out of everything. And then you're given the chance to opt in as you would like. Um, everybody's got the same right to have their data deleted. Um, you know, car companies can't say, oh, you can't delete this fee. You can't disable this connected feature um, because you don't want your personal information collected because it'll also disable the safety feature. You know, don't link your safety feature data collection to your, you know, marketing data collection. Things like that that I think would be a good first step. But uh, again, I'm not a policy person. I'll leave that in their hands. I'll just say this is what I've seen and hope that they can take it and run with it. And does this all apply also to the secondary car market? If I buy a used car at Dave's Autos on South Broadway, can, is, is it good? It, do I have to sign up for all that stuff? Is that data, data privacy uh, collection going to come to my used car or is it going to go from the original owner? Um, well, the data privacy is going to is going to be very interesting, depending on the age of the car. You know, I mean, that's one of the things with with selling your car, right? Is you got to make sure all your data got wiped clean yeah. um, before it gets into somebody else's hands. Um, there's plenty of stories out there of somebody buying a used car, getting even into a rental car, and people's information is still there, or the app is still connected from the previous owner, and they're getting your 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 um, location information or or things like that. So it's absolutely a concern from the secondary market. You know, once you sell your car and and then, you know, you get in, you connect your phone, um, you know, your your name is now on the, um, the the registration. The VIN number is now assigned to you. They're absolutely going to be tracking that even after it's a second or third owner. My guest is Jen Coltrider. She's the creator and the lead for Mozilla's Privacy Not Included team. We're talking about your car and privacy collection. On your blog, there's, there's there's really a whole bunch of articles, not just this one, talking about cars and privacy and data collection. Uh, so this is more than just like a one-time investigation for you folks. You've spent a lot of hours doing this. We did spend a lot of hours. It, it took about twice as long as we thought it was going to take <laughs> because I think the most privacy policies that we found for one company was 12. And we actually had to limit it. When we started doing our research, you know, the ecosystem for cars and data collection is immense. You know, it's there's the dealers, there's the the car companies, there's the cars themselves, the connected services, the apps, but then there's also the financial services, your insurance. 
um, on and on and on. And so we actually had to limit it to just the car companies, the the connected services and the apps. But there's so much data collection that can happen through our cars um, that we still haven't even had a chance to research. But it took a lot longer than we thought when we got into it. You know, a lot of privacy policies, a lot of things that were like left to scratching our head going, uh, this doesn't make sense. It says this here and that there. So what's this mean? Um, so, yeah, it was it was probably the most ambitious and hardest research project we've ever undertaken. As I'm sure that insurance companies would be uh, salivating, wanting to get this data, especially specifically for certain drivers that they think might be a higher crash risk, speeding and uh, aggressive turns. I know you can get an app on your phone and then uh, try to lower your insurance rates. I know Tesla right now, if you get their car insurance, it's monitoring how you drive and re- and, and and gives you uh, a price based on how you're driving that week. Yeah. Well, and think about it. I mean, what was it 10 years ago? I mean, time's weird, so I could be wrong. Maybe it was longer than 10 years ago. You know, that was when the insurance companies started coming out. I was like, oh, reach out to us and we'll give you a little dongle to plug yeah. into your car and you can get a cheaper rate. And that was opt-in, right? Like you could choose if you wanted to like reach out to your insurance company and get that dongle and plug it in so they could track you and then you'd maybe get a cheaper rate. Um, I never felt comfortable doing that, so I never did. But now all our callers come with that dongle built in. And so it's no longer opt-in to that data sharing. It's opt-out. Um, and even then, you might not be able to opt out. And you're right, insurance companies love this data. And and then there's the data broker angle um, of this data, all this data ending up in the hands of data brokers. And the data broker world is a very dark and murky world that's hard to understand. But they buy up a ton of data and then anybody can buy it. I mean, we haven't talked about um, law enforcement. One of the creepiest things that we found in our research was how these companies um, said they could share data with law enforcement. And, you know, when when we read privacy policies, we want to say, oh, we only share data with law enforcement under a court order, and then we limit it all um, as much as we can. And car companies said, oh, we'll share your data with law enforcement or government based on formal or informal requests. And you're like, what the heck is an informal request? <laughs> yeah. Is this having a beer with yeah, the shit? Right. By the way, give me me some of your car data. (laughs) No, and and that was really kind of freaky. Um, That was was really freaky, uh, if you think about how that could be abused in this day and age. Well, I was just contacting a company called Flock Safety, because here around my neighborhood, I've seen these poles with a camera on it, and I was interested in what it was. And they are these automatic car plate readers. And it actually will take a picture of part of the car. And, the, and they're actually all over the country now. Uh, mm-hmm. But they they are being used instantly by law enforcement. If there's a license plate that's tagged as stolen, they know where it is and they're going to go try to find it. And so it doesn't seem like you have much privacy outside your car either. <laughs> much to this privacy researcher's chagrin, right? Like, I mean, a ring video doorbell is pointing out just about on everybody's yeah. street, right? Like there's cameras everywhere. You know, it's, you know, it's really sad. It's really sad, the state of our privacy in, in this day and age. And, and you know, to get a little like philosophical about it, I don't think it's good for our mental health yeah. to know that we don't have privacy anymore, that every time 
we leave our house or even sitting in our house or every time we get in our car, we're being watched or we're potentially being watched and monitored. And I just think, I don't think that's healthy for us as humans. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the there's just too many ways that we're being monitored and tracked and we don't have enough control over that. And it, it makes me sad. <laughs> it, it reminded me, there's a couple of Facebook groups that people have been contacting me and, and sending me. One is about bad drivers and you're supposed to post your dash cam and I have a dash cam in both of my cars. So there's another camera, right? But it's my camera and it's, it's looking because I also use it when I'm doing my snowy drive and I, I use that. Maybe you've seen that when I put it on TV. And I, so this is what your drive is going to be like. Uh, but also one about expired license plates because that's been rampant here. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's been in parts other parts of the country, but people take pictures of somebody's expired license plate. And then post it on Facebook for everybody to see. Yeah, the the public shaming, you know, it's it's in some cases, like you said, you know, this technology has good uses, Um, but it's the abuse of it that can be a problem. And, you know, is it our jobs to name and shame somebody who who's, you know, you know, like the license is expired or registration is expired. I mean, yes, it's a problem. Um, but is it our job to post that everywhere? Could that, could that result in something, um, you know, bad happening? Does it, did it make your day better at the end of it that you shared that on Facebook or I don't know. I, you know, I just don't know. I just think that the, that the less, the less that we share, the more that we can keep control of our own data, um, the better. And there are good uses for that data. But it's getting out of control when everything's out there, everything's monetized, um, everything, you know, there's so much that's more that's gathered. When we started Privacy Not Included in 2017, it was, you know, oh, a smart speaker or your fitness tracker can now know your heart rate. And now we've got smartwatches for kids. We just did our holiday guide and we reviewed smartwatches for kids. We've got smartwatches for kids that have, for kids as young as four or five, that have built-in cameras and microphones and GPS tracking and features that are marketed to parents for safety that do discrete monitoring. So a parent could call up their kid's smartwatch that nobody else would know it was on and listen and watch what's going on around their kid. And you're like... Did we just turn our kids into like, you know, mini surveillance weapons? You know, is that good for us? Is that where we want to go as a society? Um, I have questions. Yeah. I wonder how all this would change as I'm speaking with uh, uh, Jake Kaltreiter with Mozilla's Privacy Not Included team with autonomous cars. And when you get into the car, it's not even your car. I mean, that's the dream of the autonomous people where we're going to have our Uber and Lyft, where they would have a fleet of their self-driving cars in your town and you just get in and it takes you somewhere and you get out. I'm sure you've seen or maybe you haven't seen that uh, there's a show called Upload. Um, uh, online show uh, called Upload, where basically you're in the future and all the cars are autonomous and you jump in and it, dry, it drives perfectly the speed limit, won't do anything that you ask it to. It just gets it. You get in and get it. And there's no private. I mean, you're going to be totally screwed in that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and collecting your data while you're in the car will be part of that service, right? Like, But are they going to have a sticker on the window saying, we're going to collect all your data? Or is it going to be so tiny in the back of the headrest there that you're not, you're not going to read through it? it? Yeah, it'll be when you sign up for the yeah, app, you'll right. collect yes and not even realize. You know, I was thinking about this the other day and, you know, we grew up, I mean, you and I are, you know, we're older. Yeah. We grew up with the Jetsons. Yeah. Um. And we, Rosie was awesome, right? Rosie, the robot yep. that did all the, sure. like, she was awesome. 
At no point was Rosie a spy in the Jetsons household <laughs> reporting back to Acme everything they were doing, right? right? Like, and I feel like like we got it wrong. We're here now, and our robot vacuums are reporting back, <laughs> and our cars are reporting back. And I was like, I just want Rosie. I want yeah. Rosie doesn't spy on me. How how did we mess that up so badly? Yeah, exactly. Well, what are you looking at next? You you just mentioned your holiday guide. What other privacy? Uh, products are you looking at and are you going to look at more and follow up more with uh, the car privacy issues? Yeah, well, we certainly hope to follow up more with the car privacy issues in 2024. The fact is we're a very small team of three. And so we we do the best we can with what we have. Um, so hopefully we, we've had a lot of interesting cars. So we hope to do more on that. There's so much more to look at. Um, AIs are kind of the big thing these days um, that everybody's talking about, um, especially talking about how they're going to end humanity yeah, <laughs> and, right. and cost us all our jobs. Um, but we're seeing AI more in our consumer tech, too. And I don't think a lot's been talked about about what that's going to mean for us. Um, you know, when you have products that up until now say, hey, don't share your personal data with us, um, you know, to protect yourself. But AIs require our personal data in ways that I don't think we've seen before. So that's something I hope I'm hoping that we dig into in 2024 and can help consumers they see kind of how AI might impact their lives beyond it destroying humanity and taking all our jobs. I was with somebody at, at work and we were going through doing one of the AI things and it was uh, one of the graphic things that we were typing in just, you know, a guy with a t-shirt, you know, with a dog, with a, with a, a ice cream cone and it creates it in seconds. It was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating, but it's, like where where are we going yeah. with this? You know, I mean, is it going to make our? I, it, it has the potential to make our lives better and easier. Yeah. It also has the potential to be really very much abused. I mean, Valentine's Day is coming up. We've been talking about the sexy AI chatbots that um, people have formed relationships with. You know, lonely people out there mm -hmm. download these AI chatbots and they become their girlfriends. Um, and the potential for abuse for that is really scary. And so hopefully we'll be able to look into that too and help people understand what's going on there. Especially if you're in a Nissan. <laughs> Especially if you're in a Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Jen, uh, cult rider. Thank you so much for being here. The creator and lead for Mozilla's privacy, not included team. You can read all about it, uh, from the link in the description of the show. Jen, thanks again for being here for all your insights. Uh, well, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. And again, the link to Mozilla and the Privacy Not Included Buyer's Guide is in the description of this show. And right after my conversation with Jen, she sent me a note saying that Senator Edward Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts and member of the Senate Commerce, Science and Transportation Committee, sent some letters to 14 different car manufacturers urging them to implement and enforce stronger privacy protections in their vehicles and also told the automakers that they have overly complicated and confusing privacy policies. It all stems from what we just talked about with Jen. Now, in his letter, Senator Markey wrote this. He says, these practices are unacceptable. Although certain data collection and sharing practices may have real benefits, consumers should not be subject to a massive data collection apparatus with any disclosures hidden in pages-long privacy policies filled with legalese. Cars should not and cannot become yet another venue where privacy takes a back seat. As more and more cars become computers on wheels, automakers must implement stronger privacy policies to protect users. 
Now, Senator Markey also requested that the automakers respond to a variety of questions, including, does your car collect user data from its vehicles, including, but not limited to, the actions, behaviors, or personal information of any owner or user? Does your company provide notice to vehicle owners or users of its data practices? Does your company provide owners or users an opportunity to uh, exercise consent with respect to data collection in its vehicles? Can users, regardless of where they reside, request the deletion of their data? Does your company take steps to anonymize user data when it's used for its own purposes shared with service providers or shared with non-service providers, third parties? Does your company have a privacy standards or contractual restrictions for the third party software it integrates into its vehicles, such as infotainment apps or operating systems? And has your company ever provided to law enforcement personal information collected by a vehicle? That one right there is one I want to know the answer to. Senator Markey also has previously introduced legislation called the Security and Privacy in Your Car Act, and it directs the National Highway Trans, uh, Traffic Safety Administration and the Federal Trade Commission to establish some standards federally around cybersecurity, privacy in all vehicles. Now, the bill also would establish a rating system that would let you know about how well the vehicle protects your security and privacy beyond the minimum standards. And I've never really been too concerned about my car collecting data about me because my cars are are older. I have a 2013 and a 2014, and my car, my Chevy Volt, when I first bought it, now it did come with the, the subscription to OnStar. I had to have it. It, it. They wouldn't turn it. It's not like... I could have the option to turn it off. It just, this is, you buy the car, it's on, you're signed up, and you have it whether you use it or not. Uh, and of course, they were probably tracking me. Maybe they still are tracking me, but the but the button is still there. And so I, I'm sure that if I pushed the button, if there was a problem or emergency, somebody would probably come running or, or at least dial up, say, would you like to have the service? And I'd probably say, yeah, I've been in a wreck. I, I probably need to get the service. So you know, for 30 bucks, if I'm on a mountain road and I, I need to have somebody come rescue me, yeah, I'm going to pay that to get to call 911 or have the what's it. So I guess that is a semi good part of of having that service in there. But I don't want them listening. We've heard about this same thing with Amazon and the Alexa devices. And my, my daughter, youngest, has a uh, one of those Echo Dot things, Echo things in her room. And so I don't, I know it's listening all the time for when she says, Hey, Alexa, blah, 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 do this. Um, and so obviously it's, it, the microphone is always active because how could it hear you say, Hey, Alexa, if the microphone's not always active. And so what else is it listening to? And if it is listening to things, then what is it collecting? And, and then what is it sending? Is it listening to my daughter uh, sing a, a, one of her favorite songs or whatever? Or, or when she's doing homework or on the phone, is it, is it listening to her doing things and then sending that information somewhere? Uh, that, that's where it becomes creepy. And, and I guess the same thing with your car, because I really don't want anybody in the insurance industry to know how I drive. That's just that's that's for me to know and the cops to come looking for. Um, so I <laughs> if cop didn't see it, I didn't do it, except that the car is recording it. That's the problem, I guess. 
Um, <laughs> so I don't want to be my own um, reporter for or my own policeman uh, and and have that information then sent to law enforcement, insurance companies, wherever, and then I get in trouble for driving the way I drive. Um, I drive safely. I'm a safe driver. Sometimes I go a little above the speed limit, or I might take a curve a little bit too sharp, or spin the tires out, you know, hit whatever. And I don't want somebody going up. Oh, it's going to be three points off of your insurance rates, uh, whatever it is. I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't think anybody wants that. Um, so anyway, I, I thought it was a really interesting conversation with with uh, Jen. And again, you can read all about it. And there's a lot to read on that entire page, on that Mozilla page. Uh, and so you can get all of it right now in the description of the show. Just click that link. And it'll take you uh, right to it. So thanks again to uh, Jen for all her time. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe and as always, happy motoring.